0: I'm Shannon.
1: And I'm Rami. And this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read or heard to help us all expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. Shannon, I would say that I'm struggling with both... uh, (sighs) With both the uh, energy and the being engaged do you have a book for us this week
0: <laughs> yes i have a book for us this week my question though to you is like are you actually struggling with energy or being engaged Cause that just doesn't seem like you no yeah you're just trying to be funny with the introductions God bless you for that. Okay, so today we're talking about a book called <laughs> The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lor. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. And Tony Schwartz. I think this is an old timey book. Sometimes I read old timey books and they inspire me again. But essentially, this book proposes that managing our energy, not our time, is actually the key to high performance and personal renewal. Or in my words, I would say like just like a well-lived life. How do we focus on managing our energy and not our time? Rami, would you say that today you spend any amount of time focusing on managing your energy?
1: So it's interesting. When you brought this up earlier, I was thinking about it. And to me, what I went right to was like, how do you set up really good boundaries for yourself to not be drained? is what I went to when I was like I don't know what this is going to be about.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's not about that. I mean, maybe so, maybe there'll be elements of it, but not really.
1: So, that's where my head went. I think I think I have high like boundaries for myself to not let myself get overly drained. Yes. To allow me to do that. Yes. But I think it's always really helpful to have one, an understanding of why that is, and then two, what other things I can be doing and others can be doing to protect ourselves,
0: yeah, yeah so so would you say that you spend a lot of time thinking about energy management?
1: I think when I think about like when I know I'm gonna start feeling like low energy, uh-huh. then I need to proactively do something about it because if I get too low like it's very hard to break myself out of it
0: yes yeah
1: so only in those moments where I'm like overwhelmed
0: right and then this is maybe a good segue into the first principles we're going to talk about four principles in this book uh the first one is about drawing on all four sources of energy so the source that you were just talking about was physical energy that is just one source of energy so the four sources are physical emotional, mental, and spiritual. And I can relate to that too, of like the source of energy that I would ever think about whatsoever would be physical. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I go to bed on time? So I have enough energy for the things that I need to do the next day. And I loved the uh, way that they described these different energy sources. So physical, we can think about that as the quantity of energy, right? Like the amount of energy that we'll have. Emotional is about the quality of energy. This is about our capacity for range. It's about not like valuing something over another, but knowing how to be with all of the emotional qualities that we might have. So some examples from the book, toughness and tenderness, self-control and spontaneity, passion and detachment, caution and boldness, things like that. So being having a wide range of quality, emotional energy to draw from. Mental, they described as the focus of energy. So (laughs) one statistic that they quoted in the book is that the brain represents just 2% of the average body's weight, but requires 25% of its oxygen.
1: Sorry, a quarter of its oxygen for a 20th of its weight?
0: For 2%, for 2%, 25% of the oxygen. Isn't that kind of crazy? So That's thinking wild. uses a great deal of energy. So mental is about our focus. Like how are we leveraging all of that precious oxygen to focus on something? And then spiritual, they described as the force of energy. So they define that as the as the connection to a deeply held set of values and a purpose beyond just your own self-interest. So Rami, let's, let's like both real time, just reflect on these four elements that they talk about. What are you wanting to shift the quantity of energy that you have, the quality of energy, the focus, like where you're choosing to put that energy or the force?
1: I think for me, it's really about, I like this idea of range within quality, that's really fun,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Like
1: that, spend like that. It's not just I want. I want more emotions, which it's not saying. It's saying I want a wider range of those emotions. Like I want better quality of emotions, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I like. I like that. That's what I want to focus on. Yes,
0: I love that. Yeah, and I would say for me, if I'm being honest, I think for me, it is probably quantity of energy. I am still in like that physical camp of wanting to, I'm feeling good about the focus of where my energy is going. I'm feeling good about the force, like I'm feeling in alignment with my values. I'm feeling like I have range, and I want more. (laughs) I want more quantity, I want more energy to be able to put into everyday life. But it might be different for you. And so that may be the first invitation to the listeners, just think about that. Like If we got to focus on energy in those different dimensions, where do you want to focus your, your growth right now, if you will, in energy management? So that's the first principle. The second principle, which I think is like the most obvious but still worth talking about, is balancing expenditure with renewal. And in the book, they talk about, like, picturing it like an EKG, right? So that, like, heart monitor. We need the waves. We need the healthy patterns of activity and rest. And in the book, they say that our capacity to be fully engaged depends on our ability to periodically disengage. I like that. We cannot keep, like... You know, like, can you just imagine a heart rate monitor if it was just like, hi, all the time. All the time? No, you need to be able to disengage sometimes. And we want to be able to oscillate between um, what they describe as the high positive and low positive energy states. So high positives are those times where you're feeling invigorated, confident, challenged, joyful, connected. And low positive is the relaxed, mellow, peaceful, serene moments. And a little bit, this reminded me of going back to episode, I think it was 112, where we talked about burnout and completing the stress cycle in the sense of it's not the intensity of energy expenditure that produces burnout in us, but rather the duration. So if we are never completing stress cycles, if we're never finding that period where we can disengage, of course we're going to burn out (laughs) because we're just like constantly on all the time.
1: Shannon, let me ask you, because I like the idea that it's both high positive and low positive, but where do the negative play into this?
0: So they're there. I'd have to go back to the low. Maybe I'll put that on Instagram. They have like a a diagram in the book where they show you like, here's like the, here's an example of what high negative and low negative states would be. I'm guessing like low negative would be like depression. Yep. High negative. What would high negative be? Probably burnout, honestly probably just like fried or maybe even anxiety would be in the high negative where it's a lot of energy moving, but it's a negative energy within you. Yeah. But I can totally put that on Instagram. It's a fascinating graph to think about or four quadrant. So again, Rami, if we just like leverage this concept real, real time, they talk about thinking about like, where are you over and under trained in balancing the EKG? So I mean, like, where are you, Maybe not practicing the disengagement. So, are you good at disengaging physically? Let's just do them one by one. Of giving yourself periods of disengagement, of rest physically. Yes. Are you good at giving yourself periods of rest emotionally? Yes. Are you? (laughs) I love your hesitancy. Are you? Well,
1: I'm trying to figure it out. I think mental is like probably the one as I look at like what
0: where you might be overtrained? Yes. Yeah.
1: on uh, un- undertrained?
0: So overtrained would be like you're overactive. So yeah. so I would say that I am overtrained mentally. Like yep. Nate said my husband said to me the other day. He's like I'm pretty sure you're thinking even when you're sleeping. And mm-hmm. that is such a true statement for me. Also I really enjoy your Ted Lasso book. <laughs>
1: My Ted Lasso, I'm like, that you got me,
0: Shannon. I I just noticed it for the first time. It's great. Listeners, we'll have to show you on Instagram. Uh, Going back to our Ted Lasso episode. Okay. So we're both acknowledging maybe we're overtrained. We're overtraining in the mental space. And so then if we think about undertraining, like where are you maybe not doing, not exerting yourself enough? What comes to mind for you there? Is it the physical, the mental, emotional, or spiritual? I think
1: emotional, and maybe spiritual. I don't know. I think I have to like, sit on those a little bit longer. Yeah, but for sure overtrained on the mental.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in the book, based on their research, they say that most of us are under training physically and spiritually, like we're not challenging ourselves enough in those spaces. But we're far overtrained mentally and emotionally feeling a little bit exhausted there. So it could be different for you. But just thinking about that a little bit.
1: And what's funny is if you said, how do we think people are feeling in a pandemic? Mm. Like, that's where I would say I think we're undertrained physically and spiritually, but overtrained mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And then if you think about like a really healthy, balanced person, right, not that I think everybody is the same, but like, if I'm generalizing, someone who's probably um, in a really good spot physically and spiritually, and working on the mental and the emotional is like, it seems like a someone who's like very zen. Yes. Like centered and like trying to work on those. But like, if I think if you can get those two in, in line, yeah, then the other two can be driven a lot more from, like the mental and the, the emotional can really drive from being really trained physically and spiritually.
0: Oh, I love that. And immediately a person is coming to mind for me. I don't know if I've ever told you about my Buddhist buddy of this Buddhist buddy, he's in his 70s. We met because he's a fellow coach. His name is Kim. He's wonderful. Um, and I, I think about him, like he, he does yoga every single day. So he's like highly physically trained. He meditates for, or as he says, I sit and stare at a wall <laughs> for at least an hour every day. So he's got like a high sense of spiritual training and it shows in terms of how he engages with the outside worlds mentally and emotionally. I mean, maybe he's a wreck inside. I, I don't think he is, <laughs> but I love that concept of thinking about, um, Yeah, how you might focus on the physical and spiritual and trust that the mental and emotional will come. So that's a little bit about balancing expenditure with renewal. So principle three, for us to have some time chatting about, is uh, building capacity by pushing beyond our limits. So this is a little bit like the opposite of balance expenditure with renewal. Sometimes to build our capacity in one of these areas, we're going to need to stress the system a little bit. So we can think about this. I think the example that most of us would relate to is physically, right? Like Sometimes if you're trying to build muscle, you need to literally like push beyond the limit, break down the fibers so that they might build stronger again. And this got me thinking... Where are we tentative to push beyond our limits? So is there a category where you're like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to push beyond my limits there right now. Or where might Tell it be time more. to push your limits?
1: Tell me more, Shannon. Do you have an example?
0: I mean, I think I do. I'm reading my notes here to make sure. So uh, you might be tentative to push your mental limits because you've worked hard to get the physical in line, you know? So like, so like if I am expending a lot of energy physically, like I just did this intense workout this morning, I might be like, okay, never mind. I'm going to like take it really easily mentally or emotionally the rest of the day because I'm feeling exhausted physically. Yes. Or we might be tentative to push emotional limits because feelings are freaking hard. You know, yeah. like, I used to be very tentative to expand my emotional range out of fear that I wouldn't be able to, like, come out the other side. Like, oh, if I actually let myself feel sad, what if I never feel happy again? Because I actually let myself feel the limit of my sadness. And I yeah. found that that's, like, actually not true whatsoever. So just notice yeah, like, th- where are you tentative?
1: I like that. Because it's, it's more about, like, where do we imagine a lack of elasticity or fear a lack of elasticity in terms of one of those ranges
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some might do it physically right like how where are you not especially if you go back to the pandemic as an example maybe you're feeling so overtaxed mentally and emotionally that you're like forget it i'm not going to push beyond my normal limit physically because i'm pooped by the end of yep. the day
1: yeah Okay. So that's how we build capacity. Yes. is knowing that we can kind of push things. Yes. further because there's more elasticity there. Yes. But but realizing the impact of pushing them may prevent you from doing the other ones. I.E. if I work out too hard, my brain might be fried cuz I just can't do anything.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. So the fourth principle for us to touch on here is what they talk about as establishing positive energy rituals. So I would say that they're arguing more for habits than rituals. If we go back to ninety episode ninety five, where we know the difference, okay. so habits yes. are more like how can we get things to just happen on default. Like, yep. what's his face? Who I always forget his name. Who who wears Zuckerberg? He wears like the hoodie and the jeans every day. It's on. I mean, a that's a, that's
1: a steal from Jobs, which is a steal from Einstein, who wore the same outfit every day. I didn't single know day. it was
0: a steal from Einstein.
1: Yeah, and probably a steal from, I don't know, someone before them like Ben Franklin or probably a steal from Shakespeare. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they, in this book, they use the term rituals, but I would say that it's more about ensuring we have some habits so we can use as little conscious energy as possible in the things that truly maybe don't matter to us, such as what clothes you're choosing to wear every day.
1: Okay. So the idea is that if you have these habits and they're not taking energy Uh you've got more energy for other things exactly but you want to set them up in a way that it it is like a positive force for you exactly like i will i don't make coffee but like if it was coffee it'd be like okay i'm gonna make my coffee the same way every day or whatever so i'm not expending mental energy on making that thing but it provides me a lot of positive happiness when I get that coffee. Or Shannon's 12 hot cups that are taking up precarious positions on the table.
0: Yes. I would maybe not use like coffee as an example only because they they talk about coffee in the book in terms of how bad it is for us physically for energy. But basically, it's like making sure that the habits that you're choosing are translating to your values and priorities right now, right? So ritual or habit is a way to embody what matters most to us in our everyday lives. So and maybe this is a good opportunity for us to share some examples with listeners of like, what are some examples of positive energy habits or rituals that you have in your life?
1: Well, now I'm confused.
0: Don't get it don't get confused. So it's like what's a good thing that you're doing that translates to your values and priorities. I mean, that's a ritual or a <laughs> habit for you.
1: Well, so we've talked about this in the ritual episode. I like taking the kid to the beach and that's yes. super fun. But that's more like a ritual and I try to focus on appreciating it when I do it
0: and don't let it become a habit. Yeah. Don't stress too much. That's episode 95. Like let's not get caught up on the verbiage. Maybe I shouldn't have brought that episode up. They use the word ritual. I would say that they're meaning more habits regardless who gives a shit. If it's a ritual or a habit, what are some positive things that you have in your everyday life that translate to you embodying your values or priorities? So for you, it's spending time with Prince on the beach.
1: Yeah, and running. It always is running. Yes. Every time. It always comes back to me going for a run.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. For me, I would say what's translating to my values or my priorities right now. So my priority right now in my life is energy and ease. Like, how do I have more energy and ease in my everyday life? And a positive energy ritual for me is my morning practice of doing 15 minutes of stretching and 15-minute meditation, you know? Don't do it every day, but I try to do it most days of the week. That would be an example Mm. of a positive energy ritual. Yeah. And I... They would say ideally getting to the place where it can be more of a habit where it's just like on autopilot. So it's not consuming energy. I would say maybe that doesn't matter so much. Maybe you do want it to stay as a ritual and something that you're staying deeply present with.
1: Because what I was thinking about is like some people are very focused and energized by their clothing. And so the habit of like picking out their outfit is like a very energizing, positive way to start their day. Yes. Yes. As opposed to like energy vampiring and taking away from it.
0: Yes. So if your value, if one of your values or priorities in life is creativity or self-expression, that might be a positive energy ritual for you. Right? Like, let's not knock that whatsoever. Everybody's could be very different. Yeah. So and that's maybe a good segue into the tactical like, okay, But Shan, like, what what the hell do we do with all this information about managing our energy? I think the first part would be establishing vision. So maybe taking some time to think about, like, gosh, what are my top values? Maybe we'll just choose an arbitrary number. Maybe it's like three to five that you really want to be driving for in your life right now. And then defining your vision for each of those values. So what would it look like if you were embodying that? If I was embodying energy and ease, I'll use me as an example with that it looks like me not working past five or six o'clock at night. It looks like me to have the ease in my life. It looks like me prioritizing um, my morning practice every morning to get some energy, both spiritual and mental and physical a little bit. So that would be an example. Um, and sometimes I'll ask clients the question of like, it, cause it can be hard to think about translating this into vision from just the value of like, well, I value energy. Okay, but like, if we were watching a movie of you really living into that value of energy, what would we see? Yeah. Then the second thing, this is a line that they use in the book of like, face the truth, right? (laughs) So how do we basically, we've got the vision, now how do we reality check? How are we doing on those values today? So where are you investing your energy, maybe instead of those things? And is the life that you're living today worth uh, what you're giving up to have it?
1: That one's interesting. Mm-hmm. So establish a vision and then really then face the truth and, and like look at where you actually are. Yes. In relation to what you aspire to be. Yes.
0: Assess the okay. gap.
1: So we've now assessed the gap. Yep. We've defined our vision. Shannon, what should we do next?
0: Take action.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it.
0: So a value is ultimately just a roadmap for action, right? So if your value is ease, as mine is, okay, what are the actions you're going to take to get your life to align with feeling more easeful than, you, than it is maybe today? And then the last piece I would say is remembering to renew. So experimenting with taking breaks at different intervals. So sometimes we think about breaks in the long-term spectrum of like taking a sabbatical or taking a vacation that are things you only do once every year. But how can you also experiment with like the idea of remembering to renew on a shorter term scale? So in the book, as an example, they recommend taking breaks every 90, to 220 minutes. Like you really, you, you can't focus longer than that. So yeah. experimenting with both like the short term periods of renewal and the longer term as well.
1: I like that. Remember to renew. What a great place to end.
0: Yeah. So that's what we got for you today. We'd love for you to connect with us on workplace hugs. I will share that, uh, diagram of. I have to find it again. Where is it? Of high positive and low positive energy states and examples. Okay. And tell us, uh, maybe share with us, what are your values and how are you going to establish some positive energy rituals to be in alignment with them? With that, we
1: would, yeah. So connect with us on Instagram at Workplace Hugs.
0: Yeah. With that, I've been Shannon.
1: I've been Rami, and this has been Workplace Hugs.